Hello everyone, today we will be studying the 6th parak of Sefer Yehoshua for February 6th. It's been a pleasure so far to learn with all of you. If anyone has any questions, comments, or I'd love to just for you to introduce yourself, feel free to email me, eliezerpopko at gmail.com or 513-659-6087. Again, my email is my first and last name at uh, gmail. We are up to the 6th parak. We ended off yesterday with an angel Asard Tzavah Hashem approaching Yehoshua wasn't so clear what he was there to say other than to say this place is Kadosh and the main reason why it is Kodesh according to many is for what's supposed to take place now. In other words, as we go through Sefer Yehoshua very important to note how different battles take place. Some involve strategy, some involve Yeshua galvanizing the men but in this case, as you're going to see, the Jewish people do very little in terms of what we would call classical battle between one army and another army. Let us read the first Pasuk begins, which is actually part of the Haftorah of the first day of Pesach, mostly made up of chapter 5. Yericho was completely sealed from the Jewish people. No one left and no one entered. Yes, there's a big wall and it's closed and you're not getting in, but I've given to you in your hand as Malka and it's Kin Gibore Hachayo. I've given them, I've given their king, Yericho, their strong soldiers, in your hands. This is what you should do. Everybody should surround the city once every single day. And the seven Kohanim should carry seven Shofros. And on the seventh day, surrounded seven times. When you hear the sound of the Shofar, come to Rukadol, the whole nation should sound a big sound. And this is what's going to happen, the wall will fall. So before we explain it, let's see if this is what happens. He tells them what to do. Bring the Aaron. The Aaron should always be in the front and center, as we saw by the Yarden. The seven Kohanim are going to surround uh, with seven Shofars. Clearly seven being a very important number here. Go surround the ear. And you'll go before the Aaron. And that's what they did. Those sort of going into battle should go in front of the Kohanim, who are sounding the shofars. And there seemed to be a group in the back. So it looks like you had a group in the front, which is most likely Reuven and God, refers to them as the Chalutz, and the ones who are supposed to go and fight with the Jewish people and eventually go back to the rest of the family in the east of the Jordan. Then you had the Aaron, you had the Kohanim, and then you had Don all the way in the back. And this is what they would do, surrounding the wall once a day for six days and then seven times on the seventh day. He commanded his people saying, you shall not cry out, you shall not let your voice be heard, nor shall any word issue from your mouth until the day I tell you to cry out. In other words, don't do this whole crying out until the day seven, after they surround seven days. And they did this by asking Mishova Biker. They woke up in the morning by Yisakayin Mizran Hashem. Mishova Kayanim Lefinei Shalachim Ladak Bashayfar Zachal Lefinei Masim. They did it over and over by Yisabasei Biyemasheni Koyasu Sheishes Yamim. So they slept, did it again. A little bit unclear why the Torah has to tell us that they did it day two and then they just did it the rest of it until they had done it six days. 
And it wasn't day seven. And they got up early. It seems like earlier than the other mornings. And not just Yeshua got up early, but everyone got up early. And they did exactly what they had been told to do. That's what was different. And now, Yeshua says to the nation, Now, screaming, the screaming, crying out of the Jewish people was a confident scream. It seems it was also to instill fear on the people on the inside. Imagine how scary that is to be inside a walled city with these sounds and shayfarais and all of a sudden as there's this, this climax of the Kohanim doing it numerous seven times, then of the nation screaming out as well. Says Yeshua, okay, the walls are going to fall, but I want you to know nothing is for the taking. Everything is for Hashem. The reason for that is, in holy battles, everything becomes kadosh, everything belongs to Hashem. When do the Jewish people, and spoils is going to be a very big part of a lot of these wars. Says Yeshua, spoils don't go to a nation that does nothing. In other words, when you, you don't actually fight, you're just blowing shofars and doing spiritual, uh, you know, um, mechanism to allow Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, to do the rest. So says Yeshua to the people, everything is under a cherim and you can't take anything. There's only one person that could live, Rachav. Rachav, remember Rachav, the woman who helped those spies and allowed them to run away. She shall live Don't forget, she hid the messengers. But make sure not to take anything. Make, make sure not to take anything, says Yeshua. You got to make sure about this, lest you take something. And then what's going to happen? You're going to then bring destruction to the Jewish people. It'll be uh, disgusting, not the best word, but it's going to bring trouble to the Jewish people. And says Yeshua, everything, the copper, the soul, iron, Kaddish Hashem. Says the Torah, the wall fell. They conquered the entire city, and they made sure that no one would take anything. And the two spies, they said, we'll, we'll make sure Rachav survives. What the commentaries sort of ask is that we know Rachav lived in the wall itself, as we learned in the second parak, and yet the walls fell. So how did she survive? Okay, so maybe one wall didn't fall. And they took Rachav and her father and her mother and her brother and her family and they brought her out to the camp of the Jewish people. The Gemara tells us that she converted an eight generations down. She had Yermio. Some say she married Yehoshua. The city was burnt. The silver and the copper, they dedicated to the Otsar Beis Hashem. But they allowed Rachav to live. She lived in the encampment of the Jewish people until this day. Because they made a promise. Yeshua sets a curse. Curses the man who goes and builds Yericho. Now, right, I'll read that passage and say, There's a curse against rebuilding Yericho. His firstborn child will he lay its foundation with his youngest, he will set up its case. In other words, only be Muslim Mashiach. Only when things are fully complete will this go up. That's what Yehoshua says. I'm sorry, misread the Pasuk. Let me read that again. Yeshua 
it says a curse that anyone who comes and I know that didn't sound right. Anyone who comes and rebuilds the city, right, as the art school explains, the curse came to fruition. Five centuries later, when Heel and Basel rebuilt Yericho and continued to do so even as his children were dying. So basically, he gives a curse. With his firstborn, he will lay its foundation. In other words, that kid will die. And his youngest, he'll set up the gates. In other words, their children will die. And the Torah tells us in Malachim Aleph, which we will get to in a few months, that's actually came to fruition. So just to, so I hope as we went through this whole process of the sounding of the shofar once a day, surrounding the city, and on the seventh day going seven times. So if I ask you, if, let's say I had brought up the question, well, what is Hoshanos that we do on Sukkot? Where every day we surround the bima once a day with the lulav, and then on the seventh day, we do it seven times. So obviously, if you found one other place in the Torah, where that exact ceremony took place, you would say, oh, well, obviously, it has to do with that. And that's, in fact, what the Talmud Yushalmi says. The whole idea of Hashanah is Zechli Richo. Now, what is this, right? So, the Radak tells us, Radak is a premier commentary on Davi. He says, there are too many secrets uh, over here, and he himself says that he can't divulge all of them. And uh, this is really, again, shrouded in, in mystery to know what is taking place over here. But obviously, when we talk about a wall, we're usually referring to a mechitza between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The shofar, like the Rambam tells us, is there to inspire us to do tshuva, uh, to repent. So there was a major repenting uh, taking place amongst uh, the Jewish people over the course of this seven days. And it sounds like it was the seven days of Pesach, so maybe we should be doing Oshanas over Pesach, and that's when the walls fall, is, is a symbolism of the Jewish people's connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and immediately the wall falls down. Uh, and again, this is the first uh, miracle of the Jewish peoples. So what's interesting is the man stops falling, but that doesn't mean that miracles are now over. Um, if anything, we're just getting started. With that, we conclude our study of Navi for a day. As always, thank you so much for taking time of the day to study Navi.